in medical school, it's important to practice standing up for our patients because school is simply practice for our profession. It's a time to test out how can I best stand up for our patients. This is Caring for Both, a curbside consult series by the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, where experts offer insights on what it means to provide evidence-based, life-affirming health care to both pregnant women and their preborn children. We upload new episodes every Thursday. I'm your host for today, Miriam Diallo. In the ideological environment that permeates the medical profession today, one group of people that's placed in a difficult situation is pro-life students. Undergraduate, medical students, and others who want to devote their careers to serving patients in the medical field, but who are rightly concerned that their beliefs will subject them to discrimination and will diminish their opportunities to accomplish their educational and career goals. Here to speak to this issue, today's guest is someone who is dedicated to serving and supporting students who are in the midst of these struggles. Gavin Oxley, founder and CEO of Future Medical Professionals for Life. For his undergraduate degree, Gavin studied medical anthropology, ethics, and care at the University of Virginia, during which time he founded FMPFL. Today, he is working on his Master of Legal Studies at Arizona State University and plans to attend medical school after taking some time to do pro-life work. At FMPFL, he works to restore the Hippocratic Oath by engaging medical students on their campuses. He also collaborates with the organization Students for Life of America to support pro-life aspiring medical professionals and serves that same organization as lead operations supervisor and medical and law coordinator. Gavin, thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to be here, Miriam. To start off, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about your work at Future Medical Professionals for Life? How did you get to where you are today serving pro-life aspiring medical professionals? Um, it's been sort of a journey to get here. I've, I have always wanted to become a doctor, um, but it wasn't until college I actually started understanding about abortion. Um, and I, uh, I had come up in a house that had been pro-life, but um, I never really understood, you know, anything about abortion, how abortions happened. And I started, um, I started to understand how abortions happen. And um, as a person planning on going to practice and uh, to become a doctor, um, I sort of had to understand abortion. And um, I understood how abortion harms, how abortion harms our uh, culture and also our patients. And so I started a club in my undergrad time, and um, it was. Uh, and at that time, I hadn't heard of any other student organizations uh, that had actually focused on talking about abortion and its harms. And so I started a. Um, a uh, club at our school focused for students um, going to school to study uh, pre-medicine or nursing or or any healthcare professional who actually is going to encounter abortion during their professional experience. And and I started it. It was probably 
four of us who started it. And it was small, especially at a school that sort of who praises abortion as an instrument of healthcare and at a school whose hospital um, actually performs abortions. And so um, I started that in, in my um, senior school year, I actually had applied to expand it into a an actual nonprofit, and it has expanded to a handful of schools across our country. Our aim is to help students educate others on their campuses and for us to advocate from our expert experience studying science. And it's really important that, you know, people who study and are taught how to actually actually become doctors are able to speak to an issue with a higher expert authority. And it's super impactful for uh, talking to students who don't have the experience to understand, you know, scientific papers as much and haven't been taught about abortion more broadly. I am in charge of helping students start pro-life interest clubs on their campuses, and it's definitely been a challenge a lot of times to have students become active on their campuses because of a ton of the pressures students are put under professionally and and also personally um and i'll uh, spend time talking about specific pressures here in a minute but i also provide trainings on um the topics students don't always get a proper education on because of of pro-abortion bias in education so it's important to train students on our evidence of how abortion harms. I also help students to find practicing pro-life professionals to help help sort of guide them in more difficult circumstances and to have a community because a ton of students I talk to don't understand that other people in healthcare are, are also pro-life. And it's important to have that community so that students don't, one, um, have a feeling of isolation, but also having a community helps students to have confidence in advocating for their own values on campuses. So I am here more as like a, a tool to help students however possible I try and to establish a coalition to garner um, that support. That's definitely laudable work, uh, not only because, of course, the life-affirming view is really important to Hippocratic medicine, but also, as you mentioned, you know, there's so many systemic factors in, in today's ed medical education that deny the importance of, of life-affirming health care. And yeah, so it's it's great that you're there not only to provide the evidence-based perspective, um, but also to provide mentorship and support to, to pro-life students who might otherwise feel like they're alone in in this fight. So um, just to dive a little bit into your experience serving students, which you kind of alluded to in your previous response, uh, what are some of the main challenges that pro-life med medical professionals face at various stages of their education? 
Um, so a ton of times, you know, the biggest pressure I would argue comes from other students, um, undergrad students, students who are in medical school are told that they don't have a place in healthcare because of their stance on abortion. And that simply isn't true. In fact, I would argue that people who are anti-abortion have even more of a place in healthcare as doctors take a Hippocratic oath. And that oath requires them to protect innocent lives and abortion takes innocent lives. So anyone who aims to practice Hippocratic healthcare has a place in schools. I spoke to a student a couple weeks ago at a school. The student is a third year student who in all four classes has talked to only one other pro-life student and it's and I I have to encourage our students to be a catalyst because there are a ton of students out there who are probably pro-life but are scared to speak up and are scared uh, because of pressures coming from other students, professors and attendings and are even coming top down from school administration and it's intimidating to put your professional career out there and I have to always tell students that at the heart of healthcare is advocating for all of our patients and if preborn children are our patients it's important to become advocates for preborn children starting in school being in medical school, it's important to practice um, standing up for our patients uh, because school is simply practice for our profession. It's a time to test out how can I best stand up for our patients. And it isn't always going to be the same answer for all of our students because our aim, of course, is to become a doctor and to professionally stand up for our patients, including preborn children. And so I encourage students to do as much as possible, but also keep in mind that they have to pick their battles strategically and how they talk about abortion strategically. And I don't ever encourage students to stay quiet, though. It's important to question in a professional tone a lot of times if a attending or another student is talking about how how abortion is a best practice for um, treating a patient. I always encourage students to ask questions. Why is abortion the best treatment for a patient's condition? And it typically isn't. And students who are asking these questions understand that and can offer insight. And I always encourage students to come at it from the perspective of how to protect the pregnant person because attendings and other students are going to be more compassionate to how is it harming her and understanding how it harms her we can help our students um, because abortions increase chances of having any mental health outcome by 81 percent and so that's oftentimes a concern that students can talk about and actually point to peer-edited publications. 
I also encourage students that it's important that students care and can um, point to statistics and have them on hand because if they have the experts on hand to help them, it's a lot easier to, to take a stand against abortion. Certainly. It's, it's very important, as you said, that students be equipped with uh, the facts and what the literature really says as opposed to common narratives and, and spin put on by pro-abortion kind of ideological forces within uh, their, their school environments. Um, but also it's important that they uh, not only be willing to stand up for their beliefs, but also that, that they be willing to uh, pick their battles and, and prioritize what's most important when, as, as you mentioned. Um, so that's all really great to know. Pivoting a little bit to, uh, obviously, you, you work with students, you, you uh, serve students and, and future medical professionals. Um, but APLOG, you know, we have a lot of, uh, our, our membership is mainly made up of current medical professionals, physicians, uh, midwives, and more. So speaking to them a little bit, what would you say are some things that current medical professionals can do to support up-and-coming medical professionals, to support students? Um, and those in training who are pro-life but don't know how to navigate that in their um, future career. Certainly. There is a space for current professionals to help our students. A lot of our students are discouraged that they can get to um, the point of an independent practice and connecting to people who are currently practicing Hippocratic healthcare is super important. Our organization um, has a mentor program connecting uh, current students in school to professionals um, who are able to provide insight and encouragement to um, those students. Also, being able to provide alternative opportunities for clinical experience is super important. I was able to connect a student in school who had been scheduled to do a clinical at a Planned Parenthood who had been pro-life. I had um, actually contacted Dr. Francis who had found a professional in a pro-life practice to have an alternative experience out because schools oftentimes are going to try and push students against their conscience and have them perform uh, clinicals at a Planned Parenthood anyways. And it's important to help students have other alternatives. I have students who experience it pretty often. So if anyone has any ability to take on upper class students to do to do clinical uh, experiences that um, it is always appreciated as well. And I also, I think Applog uh, does a wonderful job at trying to incorporate students into their programs. I have been attending the annual Applog conference for three years now. And as a student, it was super inspiring to hang out with hundreds of doctors and other students and also have that community and I encourage students to apply to attend that this coming February. 
Absolutely. I appreciate the plug for MBEC there. Um, registration is, in fact, open. People can certainly go ahead and register for that. And yeah, I, I definitely appreciate the advice there. And if there are any links to where physicians can go to to become mentors for FMPFL students, let me know. I'd love to put that in the in the description of the episode. People can just send me an email. My email is goxley at futuremedpros.org. Um, and anyone can email me at any time. Lovely. Good to know. Yeah, certainly. I strongly encourage our Applog members to go ahead and do that. It's really important to support the next generation of, of medical professionals. And uh, this is one great way to do that. One last question real quick. Uh, what is your vision for the future of medical training and education? So I definitely am working on a couple of projects um, right now, but I am really strongly trying to get education requirements to standardize um, high-risk pregnancy um, treatments in their um, curriculums because I feel like a ton of times students or practitioners turn to abortion because they believe it's a standard practice and instead there are a lot of other alternatives. I also School curriculums should include APR because that's a proven science at this point, and it's a super invaluable tool that students across the board should understand and be able to provide for their patients. One other obstacle I hope is changed is um, the AC GME standards because I believe it's really a organizational conscience violation to force programs to provide abortion training opportunities um, because even like Catholic schools who are accredited have to either um, have to either provide abortion training or provide students an opportunity um, to have abortion training at another um, hospital. And, and because induced abortion is not healthcare, it's not a procedure students have to be taught. And opt out programs put a ton of pressure on students to stay in abortion training programs. And putting that pressure on students um, is not supportive of conscience rights either. So yes, a lot of answers. So many things have to be changed, hopefully in the future. Yeah, we're definitely on board with you there. And, and we're also trying to, to change a lot of the things that you mentioned. So thank you so much for your insights today, Gavin. Where can people find FMPFL online? You can find us at futuremedpros.org online. Lovely. And I highly encourage everybody to visit their site. Thank you so much for being here today, Gavin. Of course. Thank you so much, Miriam. It's been a pleasure. Before we close, I want to quickly mention that Tuesday, November 28th is Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday is an opportunity for you to contribute to a nonprofit whose work you want to support. And what AppLog is doing for Giving Tuesday this year is we're going to direct all donations that we receive that day to funding the Joe DeCook Scholarship Program, which is the program that financially supports medical students and residents so they can make it to the 2024 Matthew Bolfin Educational Conference. Uh, you just heard Gavin talk about what a wonderful opportunity 
opportunity it was for him to attend and back as an aspiring medical professional. So if you want to support the next generation of pro-life medical professionals, please don't hesitate to go to aaplog.org slash donate on November 28th and make that Giving Tuesday contribution. Thank you so much. And a massive thank you to our listeners for joining us today. If you like this episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on whatever podcast app you're using to listen. If you have any topic requests, you can reach out to us on social media via the links in the description of this episode or via email at info at aaplog.org. If you're a medical professional interested in joining the AppLog community, we'd love to have you become a member by going to aaplog.org join. We exist to support your pro-life practice. We will see you next week.